Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. Che bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. And it's Monday evening, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm here with my brother Kenny T for another edition of Mano a Mano. What's good, Kenny? Always good, brother. You know, having a great day. Can't complain. Mad hard work. Great fights this weekend. Just released my EP. Feeling good, man. We ready to go. That's what's up. A big week for music in the world of KT and a big week. In boxing, for those of you who love boxing like we do. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, very humid day here in New York City. Uh, we're still in May, but it feels like we're approaching summertime. So I had to have the fan on over here. I finished the workout. That got the sweat going. And then the sweat even started more because of the humid conditions here in uh, uptown New York City. But let's get back to the boxing. So Saturday, Kenny, there was a few cards. Uh I don't know if you were able to catch the Tony Yoka fight against uh, Martin Bacoli. Were you able to see that one? All right, no nah, man, I, I I barely caught uh, I barely caught Jerron J- Ennis and, and 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 I saw the full Charlo fight, but shit, I barely caught Jerron Ennis. I caught it like right at the end. All right, so there there we go. So first of all, I, I just want to get started with Tony Yoka, uh, 2016 Olympic gold medalist out of France beat Joe Joyce in the final in Rio. It was considered slightly controversial, uh, maybe more than slightly if you're in the UK. Uh, Tony Oka linked up with Virgil Hunter. All right, he's one of Virgil Hunter's new uh, students uh, slash athletes, along with uh, Joshua Boazzi out of the UK. And uh, Tony Oka got comprehensively beat in Paris, Kenny, by Martin Bacoli, uh, Martin Bacoli outweighed him, but he didn't look like he was in the greatest shape. He kind of almost looked like a Dillian White kind of fighter, uh, but he did his thing. I mean, he beat up Tony Oka pretty badly, pretty convincingly. So that was the start of my day when it came to boxing on Saturday. And before we get into the Showtime card, Kenny, I got to ask you a question. I got to ask KT, the real KO Kenny, a question, Okay. Are you ready to knock out, knock out the ideas you had about Zordo Ramirez? Did you see Zordo on Saturday night? No, I didn't see him either. Okay, because Zordo got that fourth round KO, Kenny. He did what he had to do. Uh, That don't matter. He was defensively sound. His trainer, Julian Chua, called called for the – he was – he was fighting the number one ranked light heavyweight, according oh. to the WBA. That's who he was fighting. Oh, yeah. That's who he was fighting. Mm-hmm. And he got the fourth round KO. So shout out to Zordo. Like oh. the rest of the people on his resume, right? All, all great shout fighters. Out, shout out to Zordo, all right, for laying a beat down on Saturday night. It doesn't sound like Kenny's really ready to give Zordo his spec. Put some respect on his name, Kenny. It, it, it's funny because, Put some respect you know. on his name. It, you have both Zuldo and Boots on the cover for today's show. Oh, yeah. And both of those guys are on the same level for me. Untested, overrated, comparing them to Canelo and to fucking Errol Spence and Bud. 
dudes are smoking some good shit, and I need whatever the fuck it is that they smoking. Don't, don't 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 rate an untested dude against the best. Stop it. Top three fighters right there, Kenny. That's the theme of today. <laughs> Underrated and avoided right there. You see it right there. Okay? We're going to get into Mr. Charlo in a moment, but look, Zurdo Ramirez is a top three light heavyweight. Okay? And we're going to get into Boots Innes in a second. Is he not a top three light heavyweight? I see you. I see your eyes bugging out there. Is he not a top three light heavyweight, Kenny? Uh, I don't have it ranked right now, so I'm Put not even going to talk out my ass. I'm not going to some respect that. on his name, Kenny. I have nothing against Boots or Zuldo. It's just that, look, they look great, but against not real top-level competition. So until they face top-level competition, it, the, the arguments of Zuldo beats Canelo annoy me. The arguments of uh, Boots beats Errol Spence and Boots beats Crawford annoys me. Like, let them actually fight somebody, you know? That's it. I, I This this boxing thing, I don't do it out of emotions, you know what I'm saying? I be speaking facts. I don't have no dislike towards anybody. They look great. Against who? You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not hating. The I'm number one light facts. heavyweight as ranked by the WBA. That's who. That's who. <laughs> the number one ranked light heavyweight, according to, to the WBA, just got... Beat up comprehensively by Zordo. Julian Chua said, you know what, Zordo? You just got to hit him with that liver shot real quick, and we're, we're about to go home. And what did he do? He went out there, and he hit him to the body, and they went home. They went home. <laughs> so, look, Kenny, shout out to KO Kenny, because Zordo Ramirez put it all on the table on Saturday night. It was all on the table, much like Kenny T and the new EP. You already know. Okay, so uh, shout out to D Style Boxing right here. All right, shout out to to to, to D Style Boxing. He says, "Is Zordo really two hundred plus on fight night?" Kept hearing. Apparently, yeah, he he rehydrated to two hundred and four pounds uh, on Saturday night. Um, he did that. All right, uh, you know, they were. Uh, Sergio Mora, or Sergio Mora, I should say, was essentially arguing that that means that he's struggling to make weight. But he didn't look like he lacked the conditioning on Saturday night, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, he looked like he was fit and ready to go. And, you know, shout out to Dominic Boso, you know, the formerly the WBA number one ranked light heavyweight out of, out of Germany. Okay. But, Kenny, I got to be honest with you, bro. That's now, I believe... Five straight KOs by your boy Zurdo. Okay, so Thomas Carpensi, he got KO'd. Alfonso Lopez, he got KO'd. <laughs> Sullivan Barrera, the former amateur standout out of Cuba, he got KO'd. Unieski <laughs> Gonzalez, and I know you were high on Unieski, Kenny. You're really high on Unieski. He got KO'd. Okay, and most recently, all right, you got to give it up to the number one ranked light heavyweight out of Germany. He goes by the name Dominic Bosell. Well, formally, all right, he got KO'd by Zordo. So, look, keeping with the theme, all right, keeping with the theme, I got Zordo right now, top three light heavyweight in the world. The only two guys that I think are ahead of him, Kenny, to be honest with you, are Better Beef and Bevol. And I think he gives Bivol a good fight. That's who he's calling out. That's who he's ranked to face. 
All right. Uh, you know, he's now put himself into that mandatory spot, apparently. Right. And uh, that's for Bivol's WBA championship. But uh, I'm going to give you one last chance, Kenny. Are you ready to put some respect on his name before we move on to the next topic? Oh, definitely not. I'm watching some highlights over here on my other, my other screen real quick. And yeah, and nah, they ain't nothing to give respect about yet, bro. Being there against the top dogs, it doesn't matter how you're looking. Look at look at what happened to to uh, everyone's number one top dog, Canelo, when he went to 175 against Bevo. Stop playing. It depends who you're fighting. Don't don't you know? I know you're fishing for me to really uh, put put Bevo on the headlock, but I'm not going to do that. So he, he just want he just want to fight. I, I'm going to let him rock a little bit, Dominic but at the end of the Bozo. day, can't give him too much respect. Dominic Bosel, put some respect on his name out of Germany. WBA number one ranked light heavyweight going into the fight, Kenny. Put some respect on his name. Okay, so uh, moving on. Oh, actually, before we move on, are you good with that fight? If if Bivol can't can't take on uh, Canelo, because according to boxing scene, Bivol is quoted as saying that, you know, the Ramirez fight is a good fight, but he wants to add more belts to his collection. And I'm paraphrasing. You agree with Bivol? Should he be belt collecting right now as opposed to taking on number one mandatories? Oh, that, I definitely agree that he should be belt collecting. Why take on a number one mandatory, especially a guy who's not proven? A guy who, I like I said, is fighting technically nobody's. Like, stop it. We ain't going to run it. We can't do that. We can't give him too much. You know what I'm saying? Can't give him too much props. Can't give him, like, a trophy. This isn't the everybody like gets a trophy participation type of league. You know what I'm saying? Like, can't can't give a guy a trophy that doesn't deserve it. No, no, you got to work for your shit out here. And and uh, Zuldo, I don't. I mean, I guess after he gets belts, if he's still the mandatory, then there you go. He got himself a fight. But no, I think he should be looking at Baturbiev and then and Canelo. That's it. Big money fight and big belt fight. That's it. And after that, if, if Zuldo is still mandatory, then beat his ass then. And I got Bevel on that hands down. How do you, okay, interesting. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Shout out to Boxing Scene and the brother Keith Eidick over there. We're going to go down to the light heavyweight rankings, okay, um, which appear here on my screen. I'm going to zoom in on these real quick. All right, and uh, as you can see, going into that fight, Dominique Bosel was ranked, or Dominic, I should say, sorry, Dominic, was ranked number one. Gilberto's was two, and now he's passed them. All right. This week, we actually have Joshua Boazzi, all right, the third-ranked fighter at uh, uh, 175 with the WBA. He's going to be taking on Craig Richards, the number seven-ranked, uh, and that actually should be a pretty good fight. Um, I'm looking forward to, to it. Whoever, anyone who hasn't seen the face-off should definitely have a look. But I think Zurdo beats Joe Smith Jr., which is why I have him ranked at number three. Kenny, what do you think? Joe Smith Jr., Dimitri Bivol, how do you no, – not Dimitri Bivol, Joe Smith Jr. and Zurdo Ramirez, how do you, like, rank those guys head-to-head? Uh, well, it's difficult to try to rank them head-to-head because we ain't never seen Zurdo face anybody of no real threat or danger. we never seen Zurdo face anybody with some real power that throws punches and bunches that can actually hurt him. Zuldo looks like he could potentially be the slightly more uh, well-put-together uh, fighter, but Joe Smith is no slouch. That is Joe Smith's weight class. Uh, 
he could try coming in at 204 pounds. That may make a difference. Who knows? It may actually uh, fuck him over in the fight. So we're going to see. I, right now, I'm going to 100% have to go uh, with Joe Smith Jr., the more experienced guy who's been in there with the champs, who's proven himself, who's, who's actually fought top-tier competition. Yeah, um, he did. He fought Bivol. He lost. And then, um, you know, he, he also had another gift decision, I think, in in his fight at uh for in his title fight because i had his russian opponent uh winning that fight personally i'm talking about uh maxim blasov uh i had him winning that fight i thought he did actually pretty well so to me like the two times joe smith has stepped up he he kind of took else uh one officially one unofficially but i understand it uh I definitely think it goes without saying that he's top five right now at, at light heavyweight. And um, I can see people considering Joe Smith uh, a top three, uh, along with Bivol and and uh, Baturiev, or better Beav, sorry. But uh, I, just to everybody in the chat, they, they think you're talking about Bivol, Joe Smith, but you're talking about uh, Joe Smith versus Zuldo Ramirez. Just to, so everybody gets the point. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm basically ranking Joe Smith versus Gilberto Ramirez. All right. In terms of who's got that number three spot. Kenny's giving it to Joe Smith. My vote is for Ramirez. Uh, I think it goes without saying that until the two guys are beat, better be even Bivol. Those are the two guys I have at one and two in the light heavyweight division. Personally, I got a better be number one. I got Bivol number two. I got Ramirez number three. I think you agree with my top two, right, Kenny? Your disagreements with my third. Yeah, that's a fact. There you go. So, uh, moving on. Okay, uh, let's get to the card out of show uh, that was on Showtime, and uh, it took place in a tennis stadium. And before I get into boots tennis, uh, and before I discuss what happened in the ring between Charlo and Castano, I do gotta say that. For a fight of this magnitude, I felt that the venue wasn't what it should be. Uh, maybe that boils down to Charlo's ability to sell tickets. But this was like a B-class venue for me, and this was a A-plus class level championship fight. It was an undisputed fight, but it was taking place in uh, not in a stadium. Well, not a football stadium not in an nba size arena and uh, it took place in a small tennis stadium i mean if that tennis stadium was here in new york it wouldn't be the first or second uh you know at, at the u.s open tennis grounds it would be at best the third um, because billy jean king stadium and arthur ash are significantly bigger so you know nice that it was outdoors nice that charlo was headlining it but honestly as it relates to an undisputed fight of this magnitude, you know, I, I I would have liked to see it on a bigger stage, but I digress. Let's get into they the... They uh, came to New York. MSG, baby, they would have sold that motherfucker out. He, he, people, people know about boxing. They're all about the hype, especially right now that COVID is like a thing of the past kind of in New York. People are out here living life. So trust me, I, not trust me, because it's not like I, I know for a fact, but I believe that it would have definitely sold out if you would have brought it to New York. Yeah, I mean, if they put that at the Garden or if they put that at the Barclay, Barclays, I feel that people would have turned up for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, I mean, it was in a B-level tennis stadium. So, 
you know, and it wasn't exactly a Grand Slam tennis stadium. It was like the level below it. So whatever. Anyhow, uh, the fights took place. Uh, one of those two fights was obviously the fight featuring Jerron Boots Ennis, uh, who was uh, taking on Custio Clayton out of Nova Scotia, Canada. And, you know, I, 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 I talked about this on the roundtable. I don't really like uh, predicting fights that I'm going to score. Uh, I didn't think I had to score this fight because I thought it was one-sided and it actually ended up being very one-sided. Butinis got rid of Custio Clayton in two rounds and to me looked like he's making a statement at being, if not the best light, uh, sorry, welterweight in the world, just below it. Um, oh my God, you're doing that, the, the Suldo thing. Oh my doing, God. It's the eye test, Kenny. Oh I, know you're not a, I know you're not a fan of the eye test. But, I mean, the dude's passing the eye test, dude. Oh, he, he is. Flying colors. Zordo's passing the eye test. and, and, and Zordo's passing with like a C. Put some spec on his name. Zordo, see, uh, 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 Boots is passing the test with flying colors. Yeah. Zordo's passing it with like C. You know, he's just passing. I mean, he, he just bludgeoned and, and, and knocked out <laughs> the number one ranked light heavyweight <laughs> according to the WBA. So, I mean... To me, he's doing it, but let's focus on Boots, right? Boots took on an undefeated fighter that a lot of people felt uh, should have been awarded a victory in a fight that was ruled a draw uh, for him, all right? And, you know, Christian Clayton showed up, but there was just levels and gaps in terms of the, the skill set. And not only that, but the size. I mean, Boots is a quite a big welterweight uh, and, you know, He's not kind of a tall welterweight that lacks punching power. To the contrary, he's a tall welterweight that hits you anywhere and it's night-night. And in this case, he hit Clayton at the top of the head with a temple shot. And um, Clayton tried to get up to the best of his abilities, but just wasn't able to do it. So, you know, where do where do you rank Boots, Kenny, as, as, a, as a welterweight? Because I got him in my top three. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like top three is kind of pushing it. Okay. What top level contender has he faced? Well, my my counter None. zero. My, I I agree with that, but at the end of the day, a lot of people have Errol Spence Jr. ranked as their number one at welterweight, and according to the ring ratings and the ESPN ratings, I mean he has yet to defeat a, a guy ranked in the top ten in the welterweight division. Yes, he has, according to sanctioning bodies, but according to what we consider the top guys in the sport at welterweight, he 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 hasn't he hasn't been 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 fighting them. Now you you, you really doing this right now? I'm really doing it right you now. You really doing this right now? Go for <laughs> it, go for it, jump in. So you, you, my my thing is, if we're going to apply the eye test standard to Terrence Crawford, then why is it unfair to me apply to apply the eye test standard to Boots Ennis? Oh, well, we ain't we, we 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 not applying no eye test standards to, to Crawford and to Boots Tennessee. Crawford has proven himself 135, 140, and coming up from 140 to go to 147 to fight with the bigger guys and to win a belt against Jeff Horn, who is a big ass 147 pounder. Uh maybe not the greatest, but he's a huge one. And then he fought uh K- Kavalyowskis, uh and a uh, big dude, and uh Brooks. Uh, Kel Brook, another uh, big dude. Like, come on, bro, stop playing. 
the competition that the, the competition of level of competition that Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence have faced are on a whole nother level than what Boots has faced. That Boots is passing the eye test, but you can't tell me he's number three on this list because he just beat Custio Clayton. Well, here's what I am saying. We're doing the eye test because Terrence Crawford didn't beat Ugas, who Spence beat. Terrence Crawford, uh, you know, essentially beat a Sean Porter after he was already beat by Kell Brook, after he was already beat by Keith Thurman, and after he was already beat by Errol Spence Jr. So let, let me let me see uh, in terms of his in terms of his run, and and I see Tony saying that I'm capping in terms of his run at welterweight. Most of how we're rating him, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, is off of an eye test. It's he looked great against Kell Brook. He looked great against Sean Porter. He looked great, but he's Op- this is the opposition you're mentioning, and then right. this is the opposition that Boots fights. Right. So, the, so whether you want to give the opposition that Crawford and Spence are fighting, whether you want to give them their props or not, this is where their level is at. Let me see. Let me see Boots fight a Sean Porter, and let's see how that turns out. And then maybe we could rank him somewhere. Where, where, yeah, let Porter, me see. No, Boots. Sean Porter doesn't want to fight him. And he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't. And he probably beats Sean Porter. It's just that, at the same time, uh, you need to fight someone that has been there. You need to fight someone at that level. Someone that knows how to win. Someone who's been at the top. You need to fight someone at that level. Don't come knocking out a Custio Clayton in the second round and then thinking that you're going to get a trophy. This is not an everybody gets a trophy league, bro. Well, I mean, Crawford knocked out Amir Khan. He got a trophy. Crawford knocked out Jose Amir Khan is way better than Custio Clayton. He got, he got a trophy. He not he beat he beat Jeff Horn. He got a trophy. Better than Thomas Delorme. By the way, I just want to keep it clear. I'm not ranking boots over Crawford. I'm ranking Crawford over Boots. I'm just saying that the ranking of Crawford at 147 is as well an eye test run. It is because he hasn't beat the same guys that Errol Spence Jr.'s beat, who I think we can all agree are better opponents than the guys that Sean Porter's, uh, sorry, that Terrence Crawford has beat. I mean, Errol Spence Jr.'s faced a better opposition at welterweight. I don't think that that's really disputable. Tony Pugilist. Right. Has a great question. He says, Connor Ben. So that leads me to how do you rank Connor Ben next to Boots? If you ask me, Connor Ben is more accomplished because his opposition is way better than the opposition that Boots is fighting. So I'd rock, uh, 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 although Boots passes the eye test in a way better fashion, in my opinion, than Connor Ben, I'm ranking Connor Ben higher because he's faced a better opposition. Uh, I would say that. There, look, Sergey Lipinets was a good opponent. I would say that Thomas Delorme was a decent opponent. Custio Clayton was undefeated. They share one common opponent in Chris Van Heerden. Okay. Um, but I don't really rate Connor Ben's opponents better than I rate, uh, better than I rate, uh, uh, Boots Innes. Mm, I, th- I think they're about the same. Maybe I give maybe I give Connor Ben the slight edge. Slight oh, edge. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we look up and down the welterweight division, right? And I'm going to pull up the I'm going to pull up the boxing scene. Shout out to boxing scene again. I, I love 
the, their page and love the way it's set up for everybody. All right. Once you get past Errol Spence Jr., right? Once you get past Terrence Crawford, who are you picking on these lists to be to be Boots Ennis? Well, look, I'm not gonna say to be Boots Ennis. That's my top three. Who 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 do you pick over Boots Ennis from these names? I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna pick to beat Boots Ennis because that's that. Now that would be me hating. Who would I like to see Boots Ennis fight that would give him credibility in my eyes? Go, go beat a Radza Butaev. Go beat a Stanionis. Go beat a Virgil Ortiz. Go beat a Keith Thurman even. Go beat Ugas. Go beat Danny Garcia. Go go even beat Mikey Garcia. Here's go, my question. Any of these guys. Will, will any of those names that you just mentioned be willing to go in there with Boots in uh, Boots in is for high risk, low reward? Butaev and Stanionis would. Well, I think the Stanionis the Stanionis fight would be good. And guys in the chat, just to be clear, all right? Just to be clear, at my welterweight rankings, I got Errol Spence Jr. number 1. I got Terence Crawford number 2, and I got Boots Ennis number 3. That that's my ranking. I'm not out here saying that Boots is better than Crawford. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he's passing the eye test and I'm going to get to the super chat real quick over here. Super chat from our brother Nando, he says the Boots KO looked like the phony Selden Tyson KO. Let's calm down about Boots. For once, boxing media typically waving those pom-poms prematurely. I don't think it was a, a fake KO. I mean, the dude tried to get up, and he was on Bambi slash Gazelle legs, yo. You know, he's on those little mosquito legs. You seen the mosquitoes legs before, Kenny? <laughs> I mean, he couldn't stand up straight. And that was all because of the right hand landed by Boots Ennis. All right. So was it a right hand? Pretty sure it was a right hand. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people could think I'm capping here. But you know what, Tony? If you got to bet, look, here's what I'm going to do. You know, matter of fact, let me just drop the link. Let me drop the link. Because if anybody's out here really telling me that they got another name at number three than Boots Ennis, I want to hear who it is. Okay, I want to hear who it is. Um, my guess from, from Tony, if Tony's willing to come on here, is that Tony's going to tell us that it's that young brother, the Dark Destroyer's son, who goes by the name of Connor Ben. That would be my guess. Or maybe he's going to come on here and tell us that it's Danny Onis. I don't know. I, I put both maybe, of those guys ahead maybe, of Boots. Maybe, maybe he's going to tell us it's David Avenesian. Maybe he's going to tell us, I don't know, that it's uh, Virgil Ortiz. What about Keith Thurman? All right, what about Keith Thurman, Kenny? Huh? I, I, I rank Keith Thurman above him. Wow. I think he'll win against Keith Thurman. But you got look. Okay. You have to understand what I'm saying. Well, you just I'm not said saying you think he wins against Keith Thurman. Yeah, but you you have to understand what I'm saying. Okay. I, like the eye test doesn't mean shit when it comes to stats. You could talk about yo. I'm great. I'm I'm gonna win this fight. I'm gonna sell whatever until you get in there and you win that fight and you you ain't done shit. The eye test don't tell me nothing. So, so when I'm talking when I'm talking about ranking them, I'm gonna rank Keith Thurman above him. But who I think wins that fight? If that fight was to happen off of the eye test, I'm gonna tell you I think Boots wins that fight. But I still rank Keith Thurman above him because Keith Thurman has accomplished more in his career. I got it. So translation, you rank Errol Spence Jr. above Terrence Crawford because he's done more at welterweight, right? Definitely. All right, but you probably think that Crawford's going to beat Errol Spence Jr. 
Uh, I have. You don't know. I got to reanalyze that you one after that know. last win by Spence and that performance. All right. You don't know, but you know what? Shout out to Big Kenny T for keeping it consistent. Because right there, he just kept it consistent. We got two brothers joining us. One's from uh, Los Angeles, the other's from London. I'm going to let them cook on this for a second. Let me go to Sheldon first, and then I'll bring in Tony, a.k.a. the pugilist boy, to, 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 to see what he, he's got to say. Uh, Sheldon Moore, you're up, fam. What are your thoughts on this? Where do you rank Booth? <laughs> At one at one forty seven, and where do you rank Zordo at one seventy five? Can you hear me? A little fuzzy. Try again. Got an echo. Still here. Still here. Uh, Ask London and London, and then might then might clear up. That that. Yeah, we we got an echo for you, uh, Sheldon. So I'm going to remove you. Maybe get that if you can, and come back, and I'm going to go to Tony and and bring you. All right. So, uh, Tony, you're up, fam. You said I was capping. I got the cap. You said I was capping. You said I was capping. So tell me what's good. And what's First good. and foremost, gentlemen, good evening. It's always a pleasure to hear you guys. Your knowledge on the game, superlative. It's 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 great. It's great. I love the I love the banter, as as we say here in the UK. Um. But I'm going all in with Kenny Ken today because Kenny's calling you out and he's and he's absolutely right to do so. Zerdo is not the next coming of the greats. Boots Ennis, I absolutely love. Put some spec on his name, Tony. Oh, That's Zerdo that made it. On my boy's name. He just he just knocked out he just knocked out the WBA number one ranked fighter at light heavyweight. Put some respect on his name, Tony. Zordo. Put, put some respect on his name. Let's go. Zordo Ramirez, my guy, is not what you make him out to be. Very good. Very good. Very well matched. Cleverly matched. Yeah? He kind of reminds me of Jerry Cooney in his time. And guess what happened to Cooney when he came across the real deal? Larry Holmes. Yeah, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it like that. Zordo, very well matched, does what he needs to do against the opponents that he's supposed to beat. But let's not let's not get this twisted. He hasn't faced a killer once. Ding that motherfucking bell, goddamn it! <laughs> So let me, so uh, Tony, let me get this straight, right? Uh, you, am I am I good to guess that you got Joe Smith Jr. ahead of him? Yes, you're right. You're one hundred percent. All right, because that's the controversial one. I don't think that there's anybody else out there that you should be ranking ahead of Zordo. Is there anybody else at one seventy five? Maybe you're going to say Joshua Boatsy should be ranked higher than Zordo. Well, well, we'll wait till the end of this weekend because there's a, a little domestic going on, just in case. You didn't realize. Oh, I know all about it. We... Where I reside. Yes. My two compadres from South London are competing against one another for bragging rights because there's no title involved. Um, so the winner of that certainly has a claim to be very highly ranked. I also need to go to East London and say there's a guy over there 
who could cause some smoke. You talking about Anthony? You talking about Anthony Yard? Anthony Yard? I knew once you said East London, I knew. But here's the thing: he gassed hard against an old, oh, an old Kovalev. Has that improved at all? That 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 stamina issue? I don't, I, I don't think so. Unfortunately for him, right? Uh, to me, he's got that kind of a body type that if he doesn't get you out of there pretty quick, that quick, twitchy, kind of almost a sprinter's physique. Yeah, very much. Right? He's not going to be there for the long haul. It, it, it's like it's like putting, putting Dwayne Chambers in there, you know, in a 1,500-meter in a race. You know what yeah. I mean? That's kind of how I look at it to use a U.K. sprinter. And you got to go way back these days with the U.K. sprinters because U.K. has been making I, I, I admire your knowledge on the U.K. sprinters. Let's be honest, that... Not, Dwayne, Dwayne Chambers is a guy not a lot of people will know. Well, indoor indoor specialist at the sixty, not too bad at the at the at the one hundred in the outdoors. Or we could go to Linford Christie if you want. We could go all the way back. But that's kind of how I how I see yards yards issues. I see him as like a sprinter. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, I I'd agree with you. I'd agree you know, with you. Uh, but I'm, what I, what I'm saying is I'm 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 definitely not putting yard up as like one of the great. Um, light heavyweights in the current uh, uh you know time but what i am saying is if a guy like zerdo wants to wants to get some heat and wants to be considered then guys like that might might be the guys that you know push him up a level well what about guys like dominique bosell the the number one ranked light heavyweight according to the wba were you not oh, impressed man. Come on, guys. We all know what the, what the alphabet gang can do for a guy's rankings. Yeah, Let, let's go. not let's not get this twisted. Yeah, WBA rankings are as about as useful as a chocolate fireman. Is it is it going too far? Look, you guys don't agree with my top three. Is a top five too far? Top five. I would I wouldn't disagree with you to say right now he could put he could be knocking knocking on the door of top five. I wouldn't disagree with knocking you. Knocking on the door of top five. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you. Okay. Knocking on the door of top five, yeah. Okay. But to say he's the number three behind Viterbiev and Bivol. That's a lot. No. I'm putting some spec on his name. That's what no, my sir. Is. No All sir. Right. Let's move in. Let's move on to the to the discussion about boots, because I, I I put him up there at three at welterweight right now, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be totally honest here. That's based almost entirely on the eye test because to to, to Kenny's point, I mean, Stanionis probably has a better record as a welterweight. You could mm-hmm. even argue that Conor Ben's string of opponents is is more impressive than Boots Innes. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when Boots Innes was facing guys with upside-down records to, to be honest with you, but the way he's dispatched to some of these dudes, uh, Tony, to me is, is special. Um, but you know, I want to hear your take and my tripping as well. Is it all cap? Like you were saying in the chat, you so, know, one thing to let those, those keyboard fingers go crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. me, but right now, right now you're going mano a mano with my intro, So I need you to keep it real. Let's go. So I'm going to keep it real with you just to give you the, the lowdown. You're forgetting very, 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 very quickly that a guy named Jordanus Ugas beat a top-ranked welterweight in Mani Pacquiao 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, because he he has a loss now, you've forgotten my guy. Like, you know, what, what happened? All of his previous um, uh, works are cut, suddenly just dismissed. He loses to your number one. So he drops out of the top five? Really? I never oh, said he's out of the top five. I'll, I'll push him the four. You know, I'll push him the four, maybe. Oh, so, but, maybe, but, or maybe five. Maybe five, you know. To jump over you, Dennis Ugas. Look, like I said, it's the eye I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't I don't think your Dennis Ugas does the Custio Clade in what Boots in should did Saturday night. I'm going to be honest with you. Different style of fighter. And I also, I also, I mean, it, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb here, too. I mean, that was a bad stoppage loss to Errol Spence Jr. That was not a good look for your Dennis Ugas against Errol Spence Jr. He gave up uh, most of the rounds, and he was beat up comprehensively in most of those rounds and stopped and sent to the hospital. So, you know, it was it was a very bad beating. I mean, Danny Garcia put up a better effort against, against Errol Spence Jr., to be honest, than your Dennis Ugas is, did. He did, in my estimation. And I'm not knocking your Dennis Ugas here, but the, if I'm going off of the eye test, and again, most of the credit I'm giving uh, Terrence Crawford is eye test-based as well. Um, you know, to, for him to be number two, I mean, that's pretty much all eye test because to your point, your Dennis Ugas has taken on uh, a lot, probably you could argue a lot more top welterweights than than Terrence Crawford has. But what did Terrence Crawford do? He dominated the opposition and that that was in front of him. So, well, let me ask you this directly: Where do you put Boots in this? How do you rate him? And compare right. a guy from. Right. So go ahead. Compare to, to, to Connor, a guy from the UK. I mean, I, I'm. I don't think he's far off top three. In in all honesty. Um, I just think you've got to be a little bit careful just to say, let's let's make him number three on the basis of who he's beaten. On the eye test, yes, he probably is number three on the eye test because he's a very good, smart, slick, heavy-handed boxer. Um, but when you look at records, as you yourself has alluded to, you know, Stanionis has got a, a, a very impressive record. And now all of a sudden, Conor Ben becomes very relevant in that conversation because of the way he destroyed um, Van Heerden, an opponent that Errol Spence took eight rounds to demolish. And you could argue that he, he did better against Chris Algieri than, than Errol Spence Jr. did as well. He there stopped him go. earlier as well. There you go. But, um, you know, the boots, the the boots question is more difficult than the Zerdo question. Um, I would certainly say it's easier to see how I how he can be in a top three, but I personally don't see him right there right now. Very close, very very close. Um, for people who say he destroys Conor Ben, um. I'm not saying Conor Ben is the next coming of Christ. I, I, I also allude to the fact that he is also still very young. And considering he has next to zero amateur pedigree, you know, he's not a celebrated amateur like Boots Ennis was. Um, you know, 
fair play to the kid for for doing what he's done so far. But I'm not putting him up there. So I'm not trying to play the UK card in saying, oh, but my guy is better than your guy. But what I am saying is I don't think Boots is deserving as yet of number three ranking because I still got I still got you guys there. I still put him up there. So, so go ahead. We, so we give no love. We're showing all this love to Boots and stuff like that. We have not even mentioned another guy who's right on the same level as Boots in terms of, and I think has fought better opposition than Boots, and that being young Virgil Ortiz Jr. Where's his respect? I'm saying he will sprinkle sprinkle some on him. Uh, that's a good point because Virgil's been passing the eye test, but you know what the problem with Virgil is? Why I kind of knocked a couple points off of him, Kenny? He had to back out of his last fight because he couldn't make the weight class. Yeah. It was, an, it was actually because he got sick. It was a medical condition. It had to do with him making weight, but it was it is a medical condition, so it's not necessarily like he can't make weight either. It's a it, When it comes to... Uh, medical conditions. Uh, I forgot what he had. Is something wrong with his stomach? I I'm uh, but, not going to hold that against the fighter like David Benavides missing weight. That's a whole different story. Yeah, I mean he didn't he didn't end up getting on the scales because you know complications essentially caused by dehydration, dehydration and malnutrition was my was my understanding of it. Um, but I can go back and correct the record if I'm wrong about that. But based on his accomplishments, yeah, I got him up there too. But I, I do have to give the nod to Boots, um, you know, in, in that. Yeah, and, and and I've 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 had feelings. I, I've I've always liked Virgil Ortiz, but I I've also been told he has issues staying at one four seven. So I'm not sure if we're going to see him again at one four seven. If he does, he's he's definitely um, a threat to any of the top top five. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of Stanionis, you know, I, I think Stanionis has put up an impressive run as well. I'm going to, you know, especially the last three fights, right? And I'm going to put up his record here as well so that we could kind of look at it. Uh, the common opponent with Boots Innes is obviously Delorme. All right, Delorme went the distance with him. It was a unanimous t- decision for, for uh, Stanionis, but he got absolutely blown out by Boots, all right? And then we got Luis Coyasso, all right, uh, which was a no decision. We remember what happened there. It, it looked like he was on his road on the road to beating Coyasso, to be fair. And then the Butayev fight, which was impressive. But Butayev as well is a 14 and 0 fighter. And as you can see, Stanionis uh is 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 14 and 0 uh as well. So he, he doesn't exactly have the biggest a track record as a pro. But the, the decider for me, Kenny, in terms of putting Boots ahead of Stanionis is that head-to-head with Delorme. Uh, the, the fight against Delorme with Boots, to me, was much more impressive. Um, and the way Boots has been beating and knocking out these guys has been very impressive to me. But I got to ask Tony something, because I know Tony is a big fan of Terrence Crawford, as am I. So my question, though, is do you rank... If you if for the people that are making pound for pound lists, and I'm not one of them, but I love the intellectual exercise, all right, of, of flexing my brain, right, and 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 looking at people's lists and pointing out inaccuracies and uh, contradictions in them. Do you rank 
Terrence Crawford higher than Jermel Charlo, quote unquote, pound for pound? Easily. Okay, I want to hear why. I want to hear okay. why. Let I mean, me, it's, let it's, me hear why. It's not even. It's not even palpable that you could bring Jamel Charlo's name into the conversation. He's undisputed. Because who is Jamel Charlo beaten that ranks anywhere in the in the range of of fights that um, Terence Crawford is? This is a three weight champion, mm -hmm. an undisputed champion. Yeah, when you have that, the only guy that right, that can, can can claim anything above that. It's Canelo. What about Usyk? He's 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 two weights. Yeah, but there's a big gap between those weight those weight classes as you had yeah, first. Yeah, but let's be honest. He fought, he fought three guys at the upper weight. And let's be honest, the the upper weight, the guys he's fought in the upper weight, really aren't that great in terms of boxing pedigree. Really? I, I would argue, okay, let's look at Usyk first. Now that you brought it, I don't remember who brought him up. I think I did, but actually, now that I think about it, I did bring him up. Usyk's run at cruiserweight to me is more impressive than Crawford's run at 140. I would argue that it's also more impressive than Crawford's run at 135. Do you disagree? I disagree. Really? So who did who did Crawford beat at 140 or 135 that is a better win than Mar Morris Bradis? I, I, I feel like this is where things get unfair, you're, you're though, right? Because Gamboa? No, I'm sorry. At the time, Bradis Prescott. At the time, Bradis Prescott is 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 a better fighter than than Morris Bradis, who was 23 and 0 when when Usyk beat him. Let's is not Morris Brady is really that also is beat really, right. is, is really Morris Brady is that impressive a, a cruiserweight? Look, I'll, I'll go through the names with you. We got Christoph uh, Glowacki, who was undefeated at the time, right? We got mm -hmm. Michael Hunter, who was undefeated at the time. We had Marco Hook, who was a respected world champion. We got yeah. Morris Bradis, and we've got Murat Gassiev. And his last fight was against Tony Bellu. I mean, that is a way better run at 200 than Crawford at 140, I think, and at 135. Tony Bellew was done. He came out of retirement for the paycheck. Yeah, let's not forget that. All right, what about Gassiev, 26 and Gassiev 0? Gassiev is the one. If you're going to give me all the names, of all the names you mentioned, Gassiev is the one name that I'm going to say. That was, the, that was the fight where I went, that guy is special. I'm not saying I didn't think he was special before that. I'm just saying... The, the, the Gassiev finished it for me because then we're starting to say who's the greatest cruiserweight of all time because it's, it's you know, David Hay or um, Alexander. Greatest cruiserweight of all time to me? Yeah. Greatest cruiserweight of all time is Usyk, followed by Evander Holyfield, followed by David Hay, off the top okay. of my head. Off the top okay. of my head. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a Evander man, right? The two fights with Dwight Muhammad Kawe, Usyk never once faced a guy like that. Never. I mean, Kawe was just like... Yeah, but uh, to, to, be fair, to be fair, once you take away that win, I mean, there's not really much there in terms of Holyfield's run at Cruiserweight that you can compare to Usyk's run at Cruiserweight. Again, and you can dismiss Tony Bellew. For courses. You, can I mean, it's you can dismiss Tony Bellew if you like. Yeah. All right. 
But Murat Gassiev, Bradis, Marco Huck, Michael Hunter, Kristoff uh, Glowacki, those are all good wins. Those are great wins. Yeah, but all of those guys don't make one Dwight Muhammad Kawi. All of them. Okay, so let's get let's get back to it though with, with Crawford, right? Okay. So it sounds to me like you're you're making Crawford's case based not really on his welterweight run, but on his run at 140 and the fact that he also held a title at 135. I have to, I have to mention the the run of KOs in at the welterweight division because. If you don't mention the fact that not only has he beat everyone at welterweight, he stopped everyone at welterweight. You 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 you, you can't discount he that. He didn't stop know. everyone at welterweight. He he hasn't fought Errol Spence Jr. yet. No, but okay. of who's of the fighters that he's faced at welterweight, they've all they've all been stopped. And right. the guy has. Because he's been Boxing, fighting, he's been Boxing. fighting on the top rank plantation, which we've talked like, about many, many you times. Like to talk, you like to talk about Boots Ennis and his boxing IQ. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Boots Ennis IQ pales into insignificance when you compare him to the likes of Terence Crawford, because Crawford's boxing IQ is fundamentally better than any fighter I've seen on the planet for a very long time. Okay, so just for those that are that are keeping track right now, right? I've got Usyk ahead of Crawford in terms of accomplishment because I'm rating Usyk's I'm rating Usyk's run at 200 more than I'm rating uh, Crawford's run at at 140. And honestly, to me, the Joshua win uh, is a bigger win than any of Crawford's win at either 147 or 135. That's just me. So I got Usyk ahead of Crawford, right? Now, in terms of Jermel Charlo, all right, and the floor is going to be yours back in a second, Tony. Mm-hmm. Jermel Charlo has beaten everyone he's gotten into the ring with, and he's a four-belt undisputed champion at 154. His run at 154, to me, is better than Crawford's undisputed run at 140. Which, by the way, was a while ago. Okay, so I'm also rating his run at 154 ahead of Crawford's run at 147. Do you agree or disagree? Who's got I disagree? The okay, I disagree. Go for so it. So let's go. Let's let's be honest with his record. He lost the first fight to Castaño in my eyes. I know some people think he won that fight. I felt the me, same way. I felt he also lost right? the first fight. So that means he has that loss. He lost to Tony Harrison. That's two losses. He avenged both of those losses. He avenged both losses, and he avenged them very well. Yeah, by knockout. You couldn't ask right. him to do more. I, exactly. I rate the guy highly. Hmm. However, his record does not tell me he can be ranked above a, a Terrence Crawford because of, he's he's cleaned up a division with um, Jason Rosario, um, Jorge Cota, um, Austin Trout, Erickson Lubin, you know, are, are any of those on. names? Are any of those names, Tony? Like weaker? Was eighteen and zero. Okay, yeah, eighteen and zero when he faced Jamel Charlo. He's been knocked out twice since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what has Amir Khan done since he got knocked out by by uh, Crawford? I mean, Crawford's run at welterweight again has has also been, you know. I would just say not against the stiffest 
opposition. The guys that you just named, I would I would rank them. I wouldn't rank them below Crawford's opposition at 147 if I'm keeping it real. Mm. I mean, if I don't, I don't. Do you rank Jeff Horn higher than you rank Brian Castagna? No, definitely. What, not. what about the Kel Brook at the stage that Crawford got him at? No. Right. Uh, I'm not even. Well, I'll just go through it. Amir Khan. No. No. Right. Uh, Jose Benavidez Jr. Yes. I, I give I think Benavidez Jr. with the gunshot wound to the leg. Who could yeah. have... I did think that was a that was a potential banana skin, but he dealt with him properly. All right. Um, and and obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about the mean machine. Was he a better opponent than, than Brian Castagna? Bad mama jamma. Right, but better than Brian Castagna. You know better, that kind of but better than Brian Castagna. I don't think you're giving enough credit to the mean machine. I'm just saying he's I'm just saying he wasn't a world an undefeated world champ, two time world champ actually, like Brian Castagna. I mean, you know, look, I I, I rank Castagno very highly, uh, especially after the first fight. Um I don't think Mean Machine is comparable in terms of quality of opposition yes. to Castagno. Errol Spence didn't. Uh, sorry, t- um, Terrence Crawford, Crawford didn't lose to Mean Machine. He got knocked down by Mean Machine, though. Hang on, wait. He didn't lose. He didn't lose. Right. And Guess officially, and officially on the on Guess the. Who re- lost to Castaño? Well, not officially. No, no, officially he lost. I'm no. saying it now. In no, no, he didn't. That's it. Okay. Yeah, okay. With all due respect, okay. I agreed it. Okay. I thought Castagno won the first fight, okay. but it wasn't, okay. it wasn't official. Okay. All right, so, so let me, let's move off me. Let's, me, mo- let's move yeah. off. Let's move off Mean Machine, okay. right? A three-loss Crawford versus an undefeated Brian Castagno. Who do you give the nod to in terms of difficulty of opposition? Sorry, say that again, because a three-a three-loss. Three, three sorry, Sean Porter. I was going to say... Sorry, I meant Sean Porter. A three-loss Sean Porter. Yeah. Okay. Versus an undefeated uh, Castagna, who, by the way, you felt won the the the, the penultimate First. fight. Right? Yeah. The fight. So, and you know, rate them in terms of composition. This is the fight that brings it up now. Because yeah. Sean Porter... Three-loss Sean Porter. Is still, despite three losses one of the best welterweights in the division when Terence fights him. When Ter- so when Terence fought let me give you, let me give you let me give you the Sean Porter my, my version of the Sean Porter. Go for it. Sean Porter did not lose to Kel Brook. Me personally I thought I thought Did he Porter, lose did he lose to Keith Thurman? He lost to Keith Thurman. Did he get hurt? Let's be Hold up, I'm asking a question. Did, did he get? Did he get? Did he get hurt by Adrian Bronner? Did he lose? Did he lose to to Keith Thurman? You already answered that. Did he lose to, to Errol Spence Jr.? The answer to all those questions is yes. Yeah, he lost. He, he lost had a lot of miles on that on that clock going into that Terence Crawford fight. He did. If we're gonna be fair, he did. Mm. No? Okay, I'm going to give you that. All right, so I just don't understand where, like, the, the 
if we're talking about where you are right now in the sport, I'm basing it on what you're doing okay. in your so, weight class. What okay, you're doing so in your weight let class. Me, let, me, let me break it down again. Something yeah. here that needs to be mentioned, and I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be given the platform to say this. In order to, in order to achieve greatness, one has to come out of one's comfort zone. Yeah? Which is why heavyweights don't make all-time greats in the same way other fighters do. Manny Pacquiao is the obviously poster boy for all-time great because he did it in eight weight classes. Yeah? Uh, Floyd is an ATG because he did it in, what is it, seven weight classes? Yeah, but I mean, that's just not something heavyweights can do. Right, I appreciate that. I mean, they're naturally big That's unfortunate for them, yeah? But let's be honest, Jamal Charlo has fought in one. And for that reason, and for that reason alone, he doesn't come into the top five all um, pound for pound fighters list. So, this is why I'm happy to have you on because let me break this down. Let me break this down. Terence Crawford could have stayed at wet, lightweight, yeah, and just waited for people to keep coming like Jamal Charlo and just keep knocking them over. He was, str- he was struggling to stay at 135, Tony. Okay. Come on. He so was then he goes up to 140. He was struggling to stay at 140. And just kept knocking them over and knocking them over and knocking them over like Jamal Charlo. But he said, no, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to go up again. And I'm going to knock them over and knock them over. And knock. And he's going, I'm waiting for this one kid. When I'm done with him, I'm going up again. Or maybe, or maybe Charlo was just fighting in his own weight class and wasn't boiling himself down like Terrence Crawford was to make... 135 and 140 because Terrence Crawford said he was struggling to make those weight classes and needed to move up to 147. Okay. So when you talk about pound for pound best fighter at right. this moment in time, yes, you have to bear in mind a guy who's fighting in multiple weight divisions, who's knocking over people in multiple weight divisions like Manny Pacquiao used to do. Yeah. Because that's the comparable record that, uh, to me, I'm looking at a guy who's moving up, and not only is he just not beating people, he's knocking them over. To me, right now, Naoya Inui is a better pound for pound fighter than Jamel Charlo because he's a three weight work. Um, well okay, so I got it. I understand it now. Basically, yeah. here's, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're. You're on because. You're explaining to me the methodology of the person that ranks Terrence Crawford so high because you are ranking weight jumping as as the most important thing. You're you're making that. It's not the most important thing because at the end of the day, Mm. the most important thing is you have to be a world champion. Right. I understand that. But here's the thing. So if if you're basing it on weight jumping and going through the weight classes, then I can kind of see your argument. But my methodology, based on accomplishment, right, that's secondary to what you're doing in your current weight class, right? And Mm -hmm. to me, and this is just my methodology here, 
if someone is clearly the best in their weight class because they hold all four belts in the four belt era, right? Mm-hmm. That trumps weight class jumping and not being the number one guy in your division. Because until he fights Errol Spence, hang on, hang on. He fights my, Errol Spence, the he's not the number one guy. But hang on, the guy you're talking about, yes, disparagingly. I'm not disparagingly. I'm giving him yeah, credit because you're 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 diminishing his accomplishments by saying he he hasn't got four belts. But hang on, he had four belts. Had right. Had so he cleaned up. A Usyk, whole Usyk had four belts, but you're not ranking Usyk. Usyk is higher than Usyk. Usyk had four belts. You, you, you only you only asked me you only asked me to rank Usyk. With Crawford, you right? But you, but, but, but here's the thing: but you're ranking Usyk below Crawford. Yes yeah, or no? Okay. Yeah. But in my, in my, in my, in my view, his run at 200 pounds destroys, obliterates, lays waste to Crawford's run at 140, where he unified with Ndongo. I'm sorry, but Bradis, right? Gassiev, etc. Gassiev, all of those dudes. I would even say Tony Bellu was a bigger win than Ndongo. I'm sorry, he was. I get it, I get it. Right? So, if we're ranking it on the fact that you gotta be number one in your division to be in this discussion at the very top, Mm -hmm. I gotta give it to Jamel Charlo, I do. I gotta give it to Usyk. No. I do. No, no. Okay. I, I I hear what you're you saying. What I'm I saying? understand. I understand your rationale. However, your rationale to me is flawed. Is flawed because you're not basing your rationale on did the guy take a risk and move up a division and take and go for everything. Hold up. Are you, was it a life? risk? Was it really that big of a risk? Hold up. Let me let me Tony. Let me ask you the question. You don't know the question. You don't know the question yet. Go ahead. Was it that much of a risk to move up in weight when you were already struggling to make 140 and take on Jeff Horn to win a world title? Was that the biggest risk? Every time you move up a weight, you're you're taking a risk. Every time you go up a weight, you're taking a risk. You're walking in the Was it a bigger risk? I got it. 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 So was it a bigger risk or a smaller risk than when AJ took on Usyk at Tottenham? Smaller risk. Well, then why are you ranking it like it's a bigger risk? But he cleaned up the division. But you got Usyk. He has not cleaned up the welterweight division. Okay, no, but hang on. He had to go from lightweight to light welterweight. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Tony. This is what we're doing. We got to agree to the same facts, okay? These are the facts. These are the facts. Go ahead. They both cleaned out a division. Right. Who's... Cleaning out of that division was more impressive. Usyk or Crawford? On the one hand, we've got Ndongo. On the other hand, we've got Brady. No, no, no. Because now you're... you're, you're, Come on. Put it like that. Why can't I put it like that? No, I'll tell you why you can't put it like that. Because what you're doing is you're just bookending his reign at light welterweight with Ndongo yeah, and saying, well, 
Ndongo I mean, one guy unified with Ndongo, the other guy yeah, won the World Boxing Super what about Series. What other guys that he beat in the division? What other guys? Victor Postal, that was about it. I'm not yeah, ranking Victor. Victor Postal. That's it. And Victor Postal, again, does not trump Gasseyev, Glaunaki, any of the guys, uh, uh, Bradis, he just doesn't. But let's just say that they're even, just for argument's sake, right? Usyk cleaning out at 200 and Crawford cleaning out at 140, right? Mm-hmm. When they moved up in weight, respectively to heavyweight and welterweight, right? You just mm-hmm. agreed that the AJ win is a bigger win than anything uh, Crawford's done at 147, including winning the title against Jeff Horn, correct? Mm-hmm. So then how do you have Crawford higher? Because of his... Because you like him more. Just no, say- no, no, no. You okay. like him more. Yeah, I have to like him more. You like him more. Just say I mean, it. But I also have to go with, let's talk about the way he operates in the ring. Because that's ultimately what pound for pound has to be judged Okay, from. give me one second. I'm going to get to the super chat. Hold on. All right, I got a big up slide tendencies with the super chat. Thank you so much. I just interrupted Tony. He's going to get back to it in a moment. Congrats to Charlo for going undisputed. I think he should be on the pound for pound list, but not in the top five, one weight class and no super fights. Come on now. Uh, did you pay him to say that? <laughs> <laughs> the people know, my brother. You just threw, know. Let me find out you just threw slide tendencies at cash app and told him to drop the stupid chat real quick. All right. So look, this is the thing, right? I think, I think when it comes to pound for pound, everyone's got their different criteria. Right. There's like the spectacle of, oh, this guy looks so amazing to me when I'm watching him live. There's the he moved up in weight. Right. And then there's the actual accomplishment in terms of where they are right now in their weight class. See, the thing is, if this was like the rules of officiating and boxing where you got different criteria, my criteria, the pinnacle is your ranking right now in your division. That's that's the pinnacle, especially if you're a world champion that division. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm using as number one, right? And because of that, I'm going to be honest with you. I do rank Usyk higher, and I think an argument can be made for ranking Charlo, although I understand the two-loss argument against Harrison and, and, and not two-loss, but loss in the draw argument you were making. Go, Tony. Okay. So I just want to talk about what a guy's performance looks like in the ring because mm. that also has to play a huge part in where you rank a guy pound for pound. And I'm going to break it down like this for you. Lots of people will classify Muhammad Ali as the greatest of all time. Look at his body of work. And there's loads of reasons why you can go, oh, but he didn't beat this guy and he didn't beat that guy and he lost to that guy and he got dropped by that guy. But who's going to argue that that guy, that guy, the greatest of all time in my books, the great Muhammad Ali, the late great Muhammad Ali, formerly Cassius Clay, was not science in the boxing ring. The footwork, the speed of hands, the jab, the, 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 the combinations, the ability to go in with killers like George Foreman, Ernie Shavers, Joe, um, Joe Fraser, 
Kenny Norton over and over and over and over again. Sonny Liston. Yeah. Which is why when you're talking about introducing, when talk when people talk to me and say, oh, let's make Mike Tyson top, top heavyweight. You're like, come on, guys. He hasn't got that resume, my brother. No, he doesn't. He came across a, a, a real killer. He got soundly defeated. Yes, he did. And you cannot say the same thing about Crawford, to your point. Crawford's undefeated. Crawford has test. dominated all of his opponents. But this is why I'm trying to make the right. analogy with Ali. Right. Eye test. When you look at the sweet science, that's ultimately what, what this game is about, my brother. We watch fights every weekend. And right. we marvel at the capabilities of fighters. You yourself are enamored by... The, the grace and the brilliance of Boots Ennis. Yeah, so he passes your eye test, right? Top three. Does he pass yeah? your eye test? He's a lovely boxer. He's a beautiful boxer. Yeah? I don't know where you rate Lomachenko. In my eyes, he's a beautiful boxer. Well, the, my thing with Lomachenko being on all of these people's lists, which to me, again, is an accomplishment list, I don't see how you can be on that list when you're not even a world champion in your own division. Like, how are you yeah, higher I than... Yeah, I totally than, agree. How are you higher than world champions that are in their own division and you're not even a world titleist in your own division? Right. So this is my point. So let, let, let's let's wrap this up now. You've got guys like Lomachenko, beautiful boxers, stylists, who bring something unique to the game. Back in the day, a guy named Nassim Hamed, yeah, was a beautiful stylist of a boxer with a concussive right uppercut. But when he came to the real acid test, he got found wanting, brother. Kevin Kelly at the Garden. No. Kevin Marco Kelly. Kevin Kelly at the Garden. Let people know what happened with Kevin Kelly at the Garden. That was an all-time classic, Tony. Don't deny it. Come on now. And I got to be honest with you, Kevin Kelly was my boy at the time. I loved that guy. Right? I loved that guy. And you know what? Even although Hamed was the Brit, I was on Kevin's side that night. I love that guy. <laughs> Kevin Kelly was a good fighter. So, fight. look, one of these days I'm going to put together my accomplishments list, right? But my list right now, at the top of that list, I'm be honest, it's Usyk. You, you, of the, all of the undisputed champions, I'm including Josh Taylor in that. His run at cruiserweight was very impressive. All right? Yeah. Uh, and with all due respect to Terrence Crawford at 140, right? Um I think that Jermel Charlo should get his credit. Uh, and I think that for Terrence Crawford to be at the top of any one of these lists, he should face off against the other best welterweight in the division, which is Errol Spence Jr., who's got all of the belts that he doesn't hold. So, I mean, that's my main argument. I think it's fair. All right. You've already spoken about Zordo, I, I think. I think Zordo needs to get a little bit more respect put on his name. He's calling out <laughs> everybody. It's not his, his fault that people don't really seem to want to fight him, right? Uh, but, uh, Tony, I want to let everybody know where they can find you. You got to check out The Rundown, all right? The, break, the Breakdown. Yeah, my fault. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. All right, with, with Tony and with my brother Bass the Kid. Let people know when that drops and where they can find it. So that drops tomorrow evening, Tuesday. That's 8 p.m. UK time. Um, that's what, about 3, 8, 3, p, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern. 
I think. Um, so that's on a channel called the Undisputed Podcast. Undisputed, Undefeated Podcast. I always make that mistake myself. Undefeated yeah. Podcast. So yes. that's the channel name. The Undisputed Podcast is the channel name. The show is called The Breakdown with myself and Base the Kid tomorrow evening, 8 p.m. UK time. There you go. And can you give us a quick, I don't know, 30-second breakdown of, of, uh, of the big light heavyweight fight taking place Saturday? So this weekend on uh, Saturday the 21st, we have here in London at the big O2 um, Centre. I will be there with my brethren from the Undefeated Podcast to see Josh Buatzi, um the business against Spider Craig Richards. Craig Richards, who's come off a defeat to Dimitri Bivol, uh, which was a very good fight for him. Uh, elevated him in in the weight category with a very good performance. Um, and the um, Olympian silver, uh, bronze medalist um, Joshua Buatzi, who is now fighting out of the United States. He's being trained by Virgil Hunter. Um, this um, promises to be a, a, an absolutely amazing fight. The two guys uh, are former friends and sparring partners as they're both from about literally three miles apart here in South London, and it should be a great battle royale. There you go. Do you think Richards has a good shot in this one? Absolutely, he has a great shot. I'm very much uh, sitting on the fence on this one uh, until possibly Friday after the weigh-in to see how that goes. But I have love for both those brothers. Um, you know, they're guys that I, I've uh, I've been out with and, and, and I love them both. I think they're doing great things in the sport. And the fact that they're coming together to fight one another is a great thing because, you know, we love it when boxing uh, puts together um, top, top ranked fighters and they fight each other. Yeah, well, we'll see how Buatzi does under uh, the continued stewardship of Virgil Hunter. I mean, it didn't go that well for Tony Yoka last week in, in Paris, last Saturday. Badly. <laughs> uh, you know, they had, they had, <laughs> they had, uh, you know, Martin Bacoli looking like a heavyweight contender up there in Paris. <laughs> For sure, he kind of looked the way that you kind of wanted uh, Dillian White to face to face Fury. You know, a little more, letting his hands go a little bit more. And you know, I know it was yeah, a different level. Let's of be honest, the, the 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 Yoka performance was dismal. It was abysmal. I mean, you know, I looked at that fight. I was like, damn. You know, I could have I could have danced around uh, Bacoli. I mean, his footwork is atrocious. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he wasn't even cutting off the ring, but he always seemed to be able to find Yoka. <laughs> Yoke is so gifted as an athlete. How could you not just dance your way around this guy? It just it yeah, baffled the hell out of me. I mean, it was Virgil Hunter is getting a, a, a beat down right now for that performance because it was atrocious by Yoka. 100%. Uh, Tony, hold on real quick. I'm just going to end things. I want to thank everybody. Bear with me over here. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on mano a mano, going mano a mano with me, not just with the with the warrior keyboard, you know, but coming on and defending your thoughts, you know. Appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody who tuned in. And yes, Nando, please uh, let everybody know that they got to jab the like. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone again soon. That's it for this week's mano a mano. The breakdown is tomorrow night. Make sure you check check that out. Take care. Say, I, 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 I hear you, B. I hear you, B. Shit, shit.